Your children need you. Never give up on them. Do everything you can to be significantly involved in their lives in a healthy and loving relationship, even if your marriage is over. And never, ever disrespect the mother in front of the children. Well, those are some words of wisdom from Patrick O'Neill, who is today's guest. More from him in just a... This is Signs of the Times Radio with Kent Kingston. Well, it's fantastic to have with me right here in the studio one of our science authors. He's written a few articles for us now, and that is Patrick O'Neill. How are you, Patrick? I'm very good. Thank you very much. Nice or, to meet you. Or, or Paddy, I understand. Paddy. Most people call me Paddy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, just have, I just write under Patrick. All right. Or, or when you're in trouble with your mum. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> now, Patrick, what, what I find fascinating about you, I mean, impressive really more than anything, is your level of parenting and fathering experience i mean hmm. you know six kids you know of your own two step kids and more than 30 foster children hmm. i guess they would be of your own as well wouldn't they <laughs> of what they are now. pretty close to your heart <laughs> yes yes they are it's but fostering is is a much more uh fraught with um problems than most people actually think you can never you've got to realize that you're not their dna parent and mm. the dna parent has a huge range of spiritual connection that i as a foster parent will never have i can be a role model to them mm. and i can show them the right way but in the end one of the greatest blessings that a father can give any child is the compliment of affirmation mm. and now I can affirm any child sure. but when dad comes along and affirms the child it is huge and I believe that goes right back yeah, to yeah. Uh, to God who created us. Wow there you go and I think we actually have an article from you about affirmation mm. specifically so yes. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you know how people respond to that Yes, but fostering I mean man I, I actually worked as a child protection worker for yeah. a little while and, and in foster care, yep. like, you know, basically matching up, you know, kids who needed a home with foster carers mm. who had an available space. And mm. so I have a little bit of insight into what's involved, but but when you're actually living it day by day, wow, that, that can be tough. It is. It's very tough. Unfortunately, most of the kids that come to us have some form of trauma. Mm-hmm. and they are uh, fighting against the trauma. A lot of the trauma that is expressed is expressed because of a lack of control that they have in their lives. So they've mm-hmm. never been given a good chance. Yeah. So they come into um, a Nikki and my care with a lot of entitlement and, and a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. And between entitlement and fear, you get a child that is, thinks... I'm under the care system, so you'll give me what I want. Right. And I'm going to express that through controlling um, behaviours, and I'm going to poke you as often as I can. <laughs> and when you've got a child like um, some of the children that we've had who've got oppositional defiance disorder, mm-hmm. and I come from a sergeant major background and, and a Fijian background. There's a recipe oh, for Oh, there's a fireworks. recipe for control. Um, yeah. yeah, and then to have someone swear at you yeah. right to your face... And you've got to control it, and you've got to look at them and go, they're a child of God, we're there to help them. Yep. What trauma caused them to go down that line? Yeah, to understand rather yep. than just react. Correct. And, and it's really difficult. 
Wow, far out. And then you've got your children looking on, going, you never let me away with that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Wow. I mean, uh, some of the the hard things for foster carers, as I understand it, is that you you spend a lot of time, I guess, getting through some of those issues and developing a relationship of trust, and the kids just start to settle down, and then the word comes, hey, listen, you know, mum's off drugs or abusive dad has left the picture or mm. whatever, whatever it is, mm. it's time for the kids to go back mm. with, with mum and dad. Mm. And I mean, I mean, you're strong on the value of biological parents, yes. but nevertheless, that must be heartbreaking for you as a foster carer to, um, to have that situation sort of, you know, broken up. I have a, res- a, a long historical view mm. of children coming back from creation all the way through to us, Mm. I see that a child is also a grandchild, is also a Mm great-grandchild, and that's not part of me. Mm. So when it goes back to down that line and it's done righteously, Mm. I'm in a hugely grateful place because I can see that my God Mm. has empowered me to be able to do that. So you've been there for that kid at that Mm. vulnerable time in their life, and and you're happy to see them go back to their biological mum or dad or, or both. If, as long if, as if, it's correct. As long as it's you know, correct, yeah. Like, uh, like there are times when I wouldn't let a biological child go back to its mother because he would destroy mm. the mother or she would destroy the yeah, mother because I ways. can see that. Mm. So I deal, I don't do this alone. I do it with my wife mm-hmm. and then I do it with the, the care team. Yeah. I go and look at them. We go look at the case plan. We go look at what the judge first decided when they took the child from the mother mm. because always it's the mother that's the last bastion there mm-hmm. and, and you know, 99% of the times and if I can see and the psychologist will listen to me and the doctor will listen to me and the paediatrician will listen to me and my wife and we say look this behaviour is still in force. That behaviour is still in force. This is the problem with the mother. That is going to raise huge issues. Mm. And then they will go, well, we understand. Mm. But there are times when mum has just really nailed it. She's got it perfect. Yeah. The place she's going back to is a place of love and care. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Hey, and listen, before we get into the article, I just want to ask you one more question about fostering mm. because I, it's a fascinating area. Mm. I often found when I was working in, in that sector that most foster carers want the babies or the little kids, the, right. the preschoolers, because mm. they're so cute and, yeah. and, and if they misbehave, you can sort of pick That's them up right. and carry them yeah, into the next right. room. Mm. But the kids who are like 12, 15, you know, yeah. very hard to Very play. difficult. Did, did you take on some of those yeah, old we, kids? Yeah, that was the only ones we took. Oh, really? Wow. We always took the older ones. And because I came from a very patriarchal background, mm-hmm. I chose boys and uh, right. my wife was in agreement with that. Um, and then we've taken on girls, and unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, girls are way tougher than boys. I've heard that a few times. Way tougher. Much more complex. Yeah. Much more complex. Wow, fascinating. So so you have a background educationally in, yes. in psychology. Yes. You've done some management studies as yes. well, and I see that coming out in your writing. It's, yes. it, make, it makes it uh, quite fascinating. Mm. But the article that you've written for us in the March edition of, mm. of Science Magazine, and thanks for doing that, mm. is focusing specifically on the area of fatherhood after separation. Yes. And that's tough, isn't it? Yes. I mean, there, there are a lot of families out there where, you know, families are breaking down and when, which is hard enough, yes. but when there are kids in the yes. mix. Yeah. Man. It's destructive. Yeah. Wow. So what, what do you see as the, um, 
as the impact of this sort of family, I mean, it's sort of becoming normal, mm. you know. I mean, I know when my kids are at school, they were like, man, everyone else's parents are broken up. I feel yeah. like the weird one with my parents still together. So, I mean, is it just a case that this is the new normal and, and it's okay? Or do you see damage happening to families because of this higher rate of separation and divorce? Great question. Great question. It is the new norm. Mm-hmm. It is still extremely destructive. Wow, okay. There is nothing you can do. When you break up a child who is 50% one lot of DNA and 50% another lot of DNA, Mm -hmm. and you break that up, Mm -hmm. that child is going to feel hurt. Mm -hmm. If there is valid reasons for doing it, like you have an abusive father Mm -hmm. or you have uh, sexual abuse Mm -hmm. or even mothers uh, being on drugs and stuff like that, Even in those cases, you have a clear understanding as to why there is going to be a removal of a child, a removal of a parent from the situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even in those situations, it still hurts the child because of the way girls react and the way boys react. Mm -hmm. Internally, a little girl will see all breakups as her fault. Yeah. And that's a lot of them think that. Wow. And it takes a very clear-headed father in my opinion, mm-hmm. it's more the father that will clear a girl's heart mm-hmm. than it will be a, a mother. Mm. We automatically assume that a mother is going to nurture. Mm-hmm. But all the studies that I have done have shown that fathers will push children to make the hard choices mm-hmm. of risk. I'm going to take a chance with you. Jump off that diving board. Mm -hmm. Dive into the water Mm -hmm. and have a go. Fathers do that easier than mothers. Mm -hmm. And I know this personally. And if that is taken away from a child, Mm -hmm. in the the case of we be specific and fathers are removed from the household. And it is more often mum left with the kids, isn't it? And and dad's away. Quite quite correct. What you have is a situation where risk-taking is reduced. Mm -hmm. Mothers already have taken a huge choice Mm -hmm. to take a risk of separation from the father. So they don't want to do any more risk. Mm -hmm. And they're looking after that child. And Without dad being there, it's going to make it harder for a child to accept the the risk-taking behavior that is normal mm. in the growth pattern. Yeah, because you, you're right. You, you have to grow up. You have to learn new skills. You have to try right. new stuff. That's and right. that's hard and that's scary sometimes. It's, it is. But it's interesting you say that because often we talk about at-risk kids. Yep. We talk about kids with risk-taking behaviors, yep. you, know, so, you know, unsafe sex and substance yeah, abuse and, hmm. you know, just driving drunk and having crashes and you're not talking about that are you no. you're, you're talking about learning to mature and learning that yeah because I imagine it can go both ways I mean some kids in that situation might be very risk averse that's right and just sort of fold in on themselves that's and true. other kids just might be out there going crazy doing all sorts of stupid that's things right. without the dad there to say hey this is a safe risk that's right if we can use that that's this right. to manage the risk yeah, yeah we, we need to manage it whatever business that you do mm. um, whether if it's an in church situation or it's in a university situation mm-hmm. or it's in a banking situation 
situation, you've got to manage risk. Mm-hmm. But I believe you also got to do it with your children. You've got to manage their risk mm. without them having a go at doing the mathematics formula. They're not going to become good mathematicians mm. without them having a go at reading War and Peace. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to be able to do that. You know, I remember once we took a risk on one of our foster daughters reading a set of books that were a little bit more risque, mm. but it, it turned her back to reading the Bible, uh, which is what we want them to do mm. as part of their reading curricula, mm-hmm. is to be able to go, right, yep, I've read the Bible, I can understand why uh, Dad and Mum believe this, but isn't it fascinating that the Quran says the same thing, or the Torah mm. says the same thing? Mm. Wow, okay. Boy, there's a, a lot we could get into there, <laughs> yeah, of course. For, for sure. So, look, you, you've given a, a couple of hints to us about, you know, what's so special about dads. You yes. see, dad in, in, dads encourage um, kids to, to take risks. And yep. you even um, sort of suggest that the way that dads play with kids. Yep. I mean, I know sometimes it's like, oh, don't chuck the kid up in the air and no, catch right. it, you know, yeah, when, right. when, when they're little. Yep. There's some, something special about dads and the way that they... Um, the, the way they get physical, they get rough yep. even with kids. Yep, and the kids get rough back. And it's good for them to do that because they don't understand the responsibility of being physical. Mm-hmm. A good loving dad will will push the physicality so that the kids push themselves. I um, have a, a foster son at the moment and he hasn't had much physical exertion. Mm-hmm. Um, I went for a bike ride, a 20-kilometre bike ride with him uh, the other night uh, with our church and uh, it was fascinating to watch. We rode by ourselves for the first part mm-hmm. and he stopped Every kilometer saying he was tired. Needed a rest. Needed yeah. a rest, needed a rest mm-hmm. and stuff. And, but I rode ahead of him and didn't let him catch up. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he stopped, I would move on mm-hmm. and he would keep riding. What I was doing was I was pushing him physically to a point he'd never been before. Mm. Much to my amazement and surprise on the way back with the whole cycle club around him, mm-hmm. he didn't stop. At all. There you go. He just rode all the way through. He had something to prove then, I guess, with well, everyone looking. Well, not only that, but he had all these other kids around him that were mm. putting it, not even egging him on. Mm-hmm. They were just expected him to be there. Mm-hmm. So we took him from a place where he was physically inert. Mm. And, go, and let him be risky in that to be on the bike for that long mm. to the point where he took off. There you go. So he actually found that his limits were a bit further than he thought they Correct. were. Yep. So now, some positive peer pressure. That's there, right, and that, positive yeah. peer pressure. And yeah. I used, I used my friends at church to to help with that positive peer pressure, mm-hmm. and he was as proud as punch. And so were we all, mm. you know. So fathers will do this more than mothers. A really good example, and one of the things that I read was uh, when you're teaching a child how to dive, mm. the father stays on the side of the pool and eggs the child on. Mm-hmm. A mother hops into the pool and, and says, says, jump towards me. To me. Yeah. Father will look at a child and go, dive into the future. Mm-hmm. Mother will go, come to where it's nice and safe. Mm, yeah, completely different mm. way of thinking, is it? Yeah. And both are valuable, aren't they? Both are incredibly valuable. Yeah. Both teach the child how mm. to dive. But with mother, it will stop with the mother. Mm. Whereas with father, there's the rest of the pool to swim mm. towards. So what's special about mums then? Mums nurture. Mm. 
We need a place of safety Mm. because we take so many risks and because we fail at it. You know, there are times when dad will take the child out Mm. and the child gets hurt Mm. with what dad has been doing. Mm -hmm. They need a place to go back for a cuddle. Yeah, we yeah. need nurture. Mm. You know, the first six months of our life is based on nurture. Mm. We stand back and wait for the child to move, mm. right? And then when the child starts moving, then we start playing with them. But mother, without mother being there, it is we've got to be there. Billy Holiday sang a child sang a song called "A Motherless Child," mm-hmm. saddest song I've ever sung. Yeah, yeah, saddest song. But you know, we need mothers. We yeah. need the nurture. Wow, okay. Well, while we're on, on gender stuff, you've been talking a lot about, you know, dads sort of modelling stuff for their sons, but what what about daughters? Is there something special about the way dads and, and daughters interact? Yeah, very, very much so. I've got, I'm blessed to have a good relationship with my daughters mm. to the point where uh, they will tell me where I'm wrong, bless their little hearts. <laughs> um, I'm, sure, I'm sure anyone who's got a daughter is like, well, yeah, that's yeah. just half of the course. Normal, yeah. normal, yes. Um, but... We give them strength of character and this wonderful word called self-efficacy. Yeah. Self-efficacy. Please, please explain, as yes. Pauline Hanson said. <laughs> yeah, please explain. Yeah. Yes. Self-efficacy is the inner strength. Mm. Is your inner strength to know I am worthy, I am mm. worth it. I'm capable. I'm capable. Mm. I, I will try okay. this. And the first person that a daughter ever tries that on, mm-hmm. the first man she ever tries it on is with her father. Mm-hmm. And because she's going to meet very many men in her life, and if she chooses to be heterosexual, mm. then she's going to meet many men in her life. Mm. And if she gets it right with her father... She's going to be strong enough to look at the boys that are not so good and mm. go, you are worthless, leave me alone. Yep. And she's yeah. going to be able to look at the boy that she really wants and going to be going, hmm, this is what my, this is how my dad loved me. Mm. How do you love me? Yeah, wow. So if, if a dad has a healthy relationship with his daughter, mm. it's a real good guide for her in, in the future. Totally. To say, hey, this feels right. Totally. Uh, this, this feels wrong. That's right. Yeah, wow. It gives, it gives her that sense within herself that safety sense to mm-hmm. say this is right and this is wrong mm, wow man that's uh, that, that is re- really really fascinating yep. now you point to some really interesting research in in your article patrick where you you mention that the difference between stepfathers or, or boyfriends mm. and biological dads, because yes. obviously this is a reality of you yep. know, after separation, often there is a you know a blended family right. sort of sort of result. So, yep. I mean, that is a situation people find themselves in, and they say yep. well, it's good to have a father figure yep. in, in the home. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, it's good to have a father figure, yep. but as long as he is a good father. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and statistically though, what, what are some of the risks? It's, oh, of... The risks The risks are huge mm-hmm. with another man who is not the father of the child. Unfortunately, we get some... And you're saying this as one of these men, of course, a, when yep. it comes to your stepkids yes. and foster kids. Yeah. Correct. Correct. You know, the unfortunately, uh, the levels of sexual abuse rise. Yeah. The statistics show that, that stepfathers and foster fathers are more likely mm-hmm. to, to sexually abuse the uh, the stepdaughters, which mm-hmm. is incredibly sad. They're also more likely to physically abuse the ste- uh, their foster children. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that 
we are in a great deal of need mm. for good men yeah. to do a righteous job. Mm. Uh, to, to be father figures. To be father figures, yeah. to be role models. Well, it's a bit of a double-edged sword, isn't it? Uh, totally. It's like, hey, we, we need you, but yeah. we know that some of you end up being a bit dodgy. I That's mean, right. Yeah. With my fostering, I have, I come under a um, wonderful uh, care group called Catholic Care, mm-hmm. and they look after uh, my wife and I, and we have wonderful relationships with them. However, they've done some things that I haven't been uh, um, in full agreement with. Mm-hmm. One of the real good things, and I'm going to write about this later, mm. is uh, fatherhood and the digital uh, generation. Oh, goodness, and, yeah. And um, what the danger that is in our world. You have got to be aware that this is not a right to have a mobile phone. <laughs> yeah. It is not a right. I don't care. You do not. But the child does not pay for it. Mm-hmm. The uh, the phone companies do not even look at the child to sign any contracts. Mm-hmm. They look at a older figure mm-hmm. to pay for that. Therefore, it comes with those sorts of strings. My f- a lot of foster agencies and facts. Uh, sorry, which is the family and community services yeah, in New South will, Wales. In yeah. New South Wales, yeah. will say that that phone um, is the uh, righteous right of the child, and anything on there has got nothing to do with anybody else. It's their own private business. Yeah. 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 No. Not under any circumstance. Mm. Not in my world. And I have studied the laws that are effective in that sort of situation. Mm. And if I buy it, I own it. Well, and even so, even if it is theirs that they've brought that they've brought along with Agreed. them, you still have a duty of care. When I have, unfortunately, I've been involved with this in the, with a situation where unsafe sexting was done mm-hmm. on the phones, and it was just no way. I'm sorry, mm. I will fight you in the courts over this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is not your phone. Mm-hmm. It is not your right to it. And I go back to a wonderful old thing that my dad said to me many years ago, and I don't know how to convert it to a digital statement, mm-hmm. but here is the old pen and paper statement. Yep. Never commit to paper what you'll regret later. <laughs> yeah, okay. And that's let, the let alone to cyberspace and, and the that's entire right. planet. Yeah. Well, you know, we've got, unfortunately, in rugby league, right at this very moment, mm. we have a situation where a father is absolutely incensed that someone has misread a video taken of his daughter. Mm. And then you've got other silly boys that have gone into stupid situations where they've been had videos taken of them mm. while they've been naked. Mm. In really stupid situations, mm. we've got to have a better control. So just don't go there in the first place, no. eh? Yeah, no. No, fair enough. Now, you do talk about, you know, separation and that sort of thing in, mm. in, in this article, and you're really clear that if at all possible, as a dad, it's important to maintain contact yes. with, with your children. Yes. I mean, look, I, I know dads who, you know, have separated, who just say, you know what, it's just too hard. Yes, it is. Um, the, the, every time I go near my ex, it's yeah. just emotion. Yeah. It's There's all this history, and it's just simpler and possibly even better for the kid, they might say, to not have all those ups and downs and just to stay away. What, what do you say to that? Statistics don't back you. Yeah, okay. Asking the child itself. Mm-hmm. The child wants to know you. Mm. They will believe anything. Mm. Like say the really I've 
just had a very sad thing happen to me in the past couple of weeks where a father has been stopped from seeing his child, children, his two daughters. Mm, um, the family court. Uh, he's had the family court on mm. his side. The family court said it must occur. And the mother said no. And the mother uh, has done everything to stop it. Mm. And this man committed suicide last week because he wasn't mm. allowed to see his daughters. Mm. Don't do that. Mm. What he's done is hurt his children beyond anything that he will ever realise. And the pain that he's caused those uh, his two daughters is utterly beyond belief. Mm. They will face a trauma that is just terrible. My advice, if I, if he was alive today, stay in contact with them. Mm. Let them know. And there was a wonderful thing being written by a lady who was separated from her father, and she doesn't believe her father much. But what her advice was mm. for fathers, if they've got no contact whatsoever, start a journal and write in that journal what mm. he feels about his daughter mm-hmm. uh, or his son. Mm. And many years later, when you come to read it, if they ever get to read it, they'll realise just how connected mm. the father Dad was thinking that. of me all, yeah, all that time. all that time. Yep. Man, yeah. boy. I mean, that can be tough. I mean, I, I hear um, like different, you know, I guess feminist groups yep. and men's rights groups as yep. well saying completely opposite things that when it comes to separation and family court, mm. that the courts are biased and they're, you know, against women or mm. they're always in favour of mm. mums or, or whatever. And it mm. seems to be a, a really tough, tough area where emotions run high and and everyone's accusing the system of unfairness and of, and of dirty tricks. And I yeah. have no doubt that happens. Yes. But there must be some way to maintain a clear head and to have some clear Correct. principles about the best interest of the child Correct. through that process. We do not set up any institution anywhere where the mother can look at a father's institution and go, I am safe here. Hmm. Right, she'll look at a, at a patriarchal institution and go, he's out, they are out to get me. Mm-hmm. And it'll be the same for the men. Mm-hmm. It would be lovely if there was an institution that said, mothers, you have that right. Fathers, you have that right. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the family law courts are very strident in their view that there is no fault divorce mm-hmm. anymore. Whenever there is a separation of money, it's 50 50. Mm-hmm. We're not going to argue over this. It mm-hmm. is cut straight down the line. And they also push people towards um, mediation, don't they? That's R- right. Rather than ending yep. up in a courtroom. Yep. But it still ends yep. up in a courtroom yep. way too often. Um, and and um, I think it's because of the expectation of what happened. You know, really sad situation is where father has had an affair or mother's had an affair mm-hmm. and the other party feels aggrieved mm-hmm. and you should be punished. Right. Um, and you use the kids to get. And, back and at the you use the kids, and, and, and you can't do that yeah. because the the kids will make their own judgments. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nikki and I are in our second marriage, mm-hmm. and we tried desperately not to disrespect our former partners. Mm-hmm. We still do, you know. Yeah, we can't yeah. get around it, and the kids are quite straight with me. Dad, yeah, you gave mum a hard time. Oh, I'm really sorry I didn't want to do that mm-hmm. because I love you guys incredibly mm. but yeah, I was hurting. Maybe it was that. So please forgive me. Mm. And they will go, okay, Dad, but you know, you said this and you said that. We try not to do it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. How, if I had a better world, I, I would have situations where people could talk, children, and we try and get, do that in 
court, mm. but we just don't have enough time. We don't mm. have enough resources, mm. and the understanding of pain and the understand even change mm. by itself. Humans are adverse to change. Yeah. Do not give me this. You know, mm. Kubler Ross talks about it where we go through a time of denial, yeah. go through a time of anger. Those stages of grieving. Yeah, correct. Yeah. It's it's all grieving, mm. but it, it's it's called change. And divorce is one of the worst of changes. Yeah. All I can suggest to you men, if you are going to be a class act mm. as a man, mm. stop it. Mm. Don't go down that pathway. Just say, the courts have said, I need, I can have the children on that date. I will be there to pick them up. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, and just don't, just go there with an expectation. Mm. Play by the rules. Don't play, play by games. the rules. Don't play games. Yeah, just play yeah. by the rules. That is a righteous way of doing it. Mm-hmm. I look at Jesus Christ as a class act and all that he did. Mm-hmm. And he's my role model. And um, although he wasn't a father, um, I believe he was the father of all anyway, mm. back from creation. Um, and he came back to save us. Yeah. And and his, his um, desire to save his children was huge, mm. that he would die for us. And it's about reconciliation, isn't it? I mean, he totally. says, this, this is what, what it's all about, to yeah. get that relationship between you and, right. and, and Father God That's restored right. again, connected again. That's right. Yeah. Um, Johan Yahari wrote a book on lost connections, and mm-hmm. it's all about depression. And he says that one of the major depressions that we ever face is the lo- is losing our parents for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And if you want to stop being depressed, mm. then do something righteous for your child mm-hmm. and give them connection with yourself as a father, and then they will grow up saying, well, at least Dad tried, mm. you know, and that's a huge thing. It will be righteously accepted. It might not be in five years, it might not be in ten years, but I can just about guarantee you in 20 years, when they're sitting down with their children and their children say to them, where's Granddad? Mm-hmm. They go... Uh, he did try. Mm. He was worthy. Yeah, he, he wasn't perfect, no. but, he, but he gave it a, a good yeah, go. That's right. Yeah, well. Hey, look, you've given us a, a lot to think about today, Patty. Um, thanks. Yeah, thanks so much for, for being part of Science of the Times Radio today. You're welcome. Thank you for allowing me. Today's episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Science of the Times magazine. A subscription is just $26 for 11 issues a year. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au. Signs of the Times has been published in Australia since 1886 and is proudly produced by Adventist Media. 